Hey y'all, welcome back to What the Hell Do I Do Now? I'm your host, Genevieve Henderson, and I am so excited that you've tuned in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, send it to your friends and family, anyone who resonates with the things we talk about. So, here we go y'all, hope you enjoy. We have blankets, get yourself get comfy. comfy. Except my feet might smell, but that's okay. I think mine smells. It is what it is. Hello, everyone. We have Maggie on today. Maggie, background. Maggie and I work together at Traverse. Maggie came in in what? Maybe six months ago. Like February. When did so you move here? February. I moved here a year ago. Oh yeah. Took my first class in November. Last like a year ago last yep. week. Yep. And then started coaching like February fourth or something was wow. like my first day. Maggie came in and I remember asking, I think Ashley, I was like, Who the hell is this girl? Like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with her. She just kept coming in and it was crazy that I didn't know you. I felt like when I met you I was like, I've this girl is great. Like yeah. I don't know how I lived my life before Maggie. Yeah. So anyways, Maggie played soccer, mm -hmm. and so what's kind of funny, I was telling Rachel this, my Rachel. The whole um, here, Rachel. My roommate, Rachel. <laughs> um, lots of Rachels. We never talk about soccer, mm -hmm. which is funny because it was such a big part of my life, and mm -hmm. I'm sure your life too. It felt like a growing point because I was able to connect with you, not dependent on soccer, yeah. but also like a, whoa, that was like such a huge part of both of our yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah. No. Talk to me about where you played, all of that. Like. Yeah. Oh gosh, I feel like I like left soccer, and I feel like I haven't looked back. So I'll be like fully transparent coming into this. I was like, <laughs> another person I texted. I texted my sister today, and I was like, I don't know if I should just text Jen because like I didn't fulfill my entire four years of college with yeah. soccer. And I was like, I feel like a fraud because like it's just such a dedication. And then I started thinking through. I was like, soccer was such a huge part for my life for twenty plus years yeah. that even though maybe I didn't get all the way through college with it, I. It, it was the turning point in my life, that decision that I made because it's such an identity of mine. Yeah. Um, so I was like trying to think of like, what do I even like talk about? Like, what is my journey with soccer? Yeah. Background, I played all the sports. Like I played lacrosse, I played hockey, I played soccer, I danced, I did everything you could think of besides like basketball or a lot of hand-eye coordination yeah. things. Not, I mean, it's the hockey and lacrosse or that, but you still have to do a ton. Oh yeah, because your dad played hockey too. Mm -hmm. So okay. I grew up in a very athletic household and it was like fifth grade, I think we were moving and before we moved, I was like between dance and soccer. Like mm -hmm. it's two drastically different things, but very creative, one very creative. I feel like my outlet of creativity was in like dance and then in like just movement and feeling. And then soccer was just like my competitive achiever mentality that just like came out. So chose soccer in like fifth grade and then played just competitively, went to ODP, was on the ODP team for Illinois, played through high school, played varsity, junior or sophomore year, made JV freshman year. Remember that being a huge just like shock because I always was like, my ego is so high because I was yeah. always making like what are those like the eight teams or whatever you the called top. them You're the top like tier the... and so that was like one of the first like when I go through therapy like one of the first insecurity moments mm -hmm. that sometimes I like can dig up um for my inner child of just like moments where I didn't feel like I was enough and so it's just crazy how, like a sport it's passion and it's fun and it's an activity can be such an identity for you yeah um did that and then Played throughout high school and my junior year, I always get it mixed up, but my junior year we were in the semifinals for state and I went up 
against one of these it was like the, we always like marked certain players when they were like their top tier yeah. players and like I was a center mid so I just like could run around the field really easily and so I was marking her and she's so freaking good she was like on the Brazilian national team she was Jeez. insane and she cut on me at the top of the goal box and I put one foot down she cut the other way my foot didn't come off the turf and oh. I just popped my ACL like completely tore it I didn't know that yep so this was like wow sophomore or junior I can never remember but I think it was sophomore year no sophomore year probably I'm trying to think because I did it again so I'm trying to think of that oh timeline yeah so I tore my ACL sophomore year six months recovery came back very strong very aggressive um it was I mean that's just also just a whole sidebar we could go down it's just the first ACL tear but did that played Which left right that was my right so I like even just like picture it she like came in, she was going at the top of the box and I like put my foot out and I blocked her with my right foot. And then she came across, cut it, turned this way, like hit me in the shoulder as she was coming through. This foot didn't go. So my whole mm. body went and like we were just doing all the way, all the way except for my foot. So it just like popped. You heard the pop. We were doing like college submission videos, yeah. like getting all of the recordings. And I remember seeing that recording and you could literally hear the pop oh my like it was bad like bone on bone it was like a bad tear and so did that I had the whole six month recovery couldn't really play went back so that was a spring of sophomore year went back played a whole season and a half back on varsity back with my team still doing really well in the state championships never made it to the finals yet that year the next year we were playing winter season so senior year we were playing winter season and before that, I had gone to a soccer camp at Ball State yeah. to be pulled on, um, and that's where I got my scholarship. So, like, that summer between junior and senior year, received my scholarship, was feeling really, like, top of my game. Then went to it's just, like, a winter league with, like, my, my high school team, just, like, yeah. a winter soccer league, and tripped on the soccer ball, like, kind of just, like, go, and left foot this time, Other dropped, leg. knee popped, and... I like didn't think anything was wrong. I was just like, oh, that was weird and kept playing. And then I went off the field and our like coach at the time was also a physical therapist and did the whole like pulling of the knee, whatever that test. that test is. And he like wouldn't say anything and he wouldn't let me go back in. And like right after he like went up to my parents, it was like, it's her ACL again. Oh my like this God. is going to make me cry because it was yeah. just like such a critical moment. So I um, didn't get to play my senior year spring season, my senior year like college season or high school season another six month process I think I played maybe the last like month of the season and then had to go directly into preseason like two months later and so it was just like I never really got back yeah. which is like influence of where I went into college and so went to college um still recovering still healing trying to get my footwork back trying to get my skill set back and yeah, then like you're, I'm sure you're like mental mental mentality. all of it and then like going to college like you're yeah. literally learning all, you're free from like your family's house you're learning who you are as like an individual and an independent but then also where do you play on this team what is your role you were um, just top of the food chain you're bottom yep. of the food chain yep and also with like limitation that I was not used to and so coming back was just like a lot more mental than it ever was and even the first injury and the first ACL um Played that season, got a couple starting opportunities, um, still in center mid. And then the next season, we got a new coach, mm. and he was brutal. He was literally, I 
I've never, and I've had a lot of different coaches. I've never had a coach that was so mean. And like, I, I say that very probably, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe that, but he was just hard and he was really hard on anyone he didn't recruit. Mm. So it was like, That's, there yeah. was like 11 of us um, that were recruited in my season and all 11 of us basically sat the bench the entire time and like didn't really get a ton of opportunities that second season. And um, it was just like he, there were conversations he had with all of us of being like, you should think about transferring. You should think about not being here. Like, I don't know if I have a space for you anymore. And like, you can keep your scholarship, but like, I don't know if you should play. Like all those conversations where your like ego and your heart and your just whole worth that you thought you had get shattered in a conversation with the coach and like um, so he just came in without even he didn't give us the time of day yeah. and so that's where a lot of my best friends though came from like my best friend Alyssa Courtney Sarah we all played soccer underneath him got recruited by the other coach yeah and all ended up leaving soccer within like two a you year like... of each other after that there, there were 11 of us and I think did y'all stay? Three of them Ball stayed State. playing. We all stayed at Ball State, but we all left soccer. Yeah. And I think my ego with not having been able to recover fully with like my ACL and like my mental block there and then that coming in, I um, I remember, I literally remember sitting at my hair appointment. Kevin. <laughs> Kev. <laughs> what are you digging to? He's cute. <laughs> um, I remember sitting at a hair appointment in... Uh, like Thanksgiving, Muncie? Muncie, Indiana. It there's not much to Muncie, but great Ball State's great. Yeah, Muncie, not so much. I mean, I'm sure there's people from Muncie, and I have a bunch of friends from Muncie. But like, yeah. you don't go to Ball State because you want to be in Muncie. You yeah. go to Muncie because you want to be in Ball State. That's fair. I remember sitting at my hair appointment over Thanksgiving after fall season, and him calling me and being like, like during my trip home and like my time off being like hey I want you to start thinking about where you might go next year because I don't think you'll have any play time here and I was like of all times like calling me on my holiday yeah, break like, that's tough I am home with family yeah like, I and I remember just bawling my eyes out in that moment by myself at the hair salon and like calling my mom and just like tears not knowing what to do and I think I took that whole rest of that week and through Christmas to just make a decision and it was the it has truly been one of the toughest decisions I've ever made was to like leave soccer because it was everything for from fifth grade till sophomore year of college yeah. of all I focused on all I cared about I'm also grateful for that decision being forced in that decision because so much beauty came out of it the next two years and yeah. so much that I didn't know I'd ever get to experience and career impact and friendship impact and relationship impact and just like no matter what higher power people believe in or even if they believe in a higher power of the universe, some things are meant to happen as yeah. they are and they're so fucking hard in the moment. And I think because it was so traumatizing, I've like packed it away for a while. Like yeah. just this two years ago, I started playing a little bit more, which I think that's where fitness fell into. Like my kind of filled that role after yeah. a while because it was like I missed the movement, I missed the activity, I missed the camaraderie and the teamwork of soccer, but... I just was like, I was severely traumatized from just, and I think I like my defense mechanism was just to hide away from it. So it's fun to kind of think through getting prepared for this. But I was just like thinking through it all. And again, felt like a fraud and like an imposter because I was like, I only did this so much. But then I was like, also, it is such a catalyst for like where I am in life to yeah. have gone through it, but also to have had that moment to make that decision. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 
I was thinking about that, that too. Like, I was like, we've never, like you said, we've never talked about it. So yeah. I was like, I almost texted you being like, Jen, is it okay if I've only done two years of soccer oh in college? If it's okay to still I, come? I'm so glad that, no, that is like, it shaped, I mean, it shaped you. Like mm-hmm. it's still, it still is, was a big part and is a yeah. big part of like where you're at now. Yeah. Um, and I think I felt that when you said that you were like, I feel like a fraud saying like, oh, I played soccer. It's like, I feel like that too sometimes. Yeah. So it's so interesting to hear that we feel this a similar thing, but like for different yeah. very different reasons. What were some of the impacts you think you were saying the two and a half years after that? And that's like anyone obviously who's listening, who's been in athletics in college and especially in like D1, like it's a full-time job. You have Sunday, uh, we had Sunday night off. That was like, or like because we had Monday off. Sunday, Sunday. Yep. So Sundays were always a little yeah. too fun sometimes. Yeah. I remember one of the first few times with like the seniors and like learning the way of the land. So it's like a full-time job and you only knew your people. Like I was always surprised and shocked with people who would like join, like we had some people who joined sororities while doing soccer. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, how do you have time for that? Yeah. Kudos to them because they expanded their community by doing that. Yeah. But I think like for the first two years, like you're friends with the athletes, you hang out with the athletes, you study with the athletes, you do everything with the athletes and with your X amount of people on your team, you're 20 something, but like probably 10 people who are in the grade with you. Like, that's your community. Leaving soccer, I didn't know these things were going to come, but like I got to went head first into like Ball State University Dance Marathon. So wow. I started, I was on the, I ended up being on in junior year on like the exec board for them and like creating a committee and helping raise funds for the local children's hospitals and doing a whole like 24 hour standing event. Wow. Um, so I got to do that, which was like, again, expanded my community. I've met my best friend in the entire world through Ball State Dance Marathon. So yeah. like, that came out of it. I um, got to do this organization called Cardinal Calm. It's like knowing me and like I am a three, I am an achiever. So like I couldn't just not do something. So I joined mm-hmm. all these things. And so I joined this organization that was like a internal college public relations committee that wow. I just worked with local businesses and kind of owned accounts as PR because that was my major was PR. Okay. And so I just owned accounts and got like practice of like what that would look like in the real world. And then I also got to be part of this thing called, uh, or not this thing called, but our homecoming steering committee. So the people who plan the homecoming. So I planned our junior and senior year homecomings. And again, just like met one of my other best friends, became one of our roommates, met, got to do it with another best friend who quit soccer right around the same time as me. And we both joined it. Like we expanded. I just got to meet more people Mm -hmm. and I got to like... With different experiences. Yeah. And I got to have freedom. Like I truly... Oh, this could take me down a different tangent, but like when I am like really stressed of not knowing what I want to do with life or like feeling like I'm stuck, I think back on like college and not having to like think that hard and not having to feel like so much pressure. And I felt like those two years were like the most least amount of pressure I've had in my entire life that mm-hmm. sometimes I crave back because of just like who I am and that achiever mentality. I didn't feel like that was like super prominent and like present in those two years and I I don't know if it's because nothing was as serious as soccer was and I like got to breathe a little bit more but I just felt like at peace and I met my best friends in my life outside of like adult friendships in those two years and I just learned like I had a lot of fun yeah I had you went out on nights that weren't yeah I was enjoying I was a college student and I think that that's something that for me I needed not everyone does as an athlete like it's it's 
it's such a passion to do sports and to be able to be at that level that like that is such an achievement and like fulfilling for a lot of people but I didn't realize how much I wanted to just be like a college student at, when I was in soccer and so it was, I was really grateful to just have those two years to just be a college student wow that's amazing and then all the different like the homecoming committee and the dance marathon okay. like yeah. you had all these things that gave you leadership opportunities yeah. and gave you yeah. people different people to interact with yeah. what did you do when you graduated where did you move oh my gosh you've not heard my whole saga of I haven't heard this oh real gosh so I graduated early. I graduated semester early, but then I stayed at my house in Muncie. Okay. So I was like, I'm not ready to leave like yeah. my people in the community. And so I interned in Indy. So I would drive 45 minutes to Indy to do a PR internship. I ended up not staying with them. They offered me a job, but I agency life just after that internship, I didn't love, I didn't want to be in an agency. I just, it just didn't feel energizing for me. Um, moved up to the lake lived with my mom and just like worked at a bed and breakfast and bartended and served oh, for the whole summer with wow. my sister. Just did like that gap feeling, gap summer, gap year. And then <laughs> this is just the funniest part. I moved out to Colorado like right, like 2015, Wait. September of 2015, 2014. I didn't know that. Yeah. September of 2014, I moved out to Colorado. I lived, I got this job out of Boulder Can that come was, come here. Okay. Okay. I um, <laughs> Kevin, come here, buddy. Come on. No. Oh, like, you I don't want to come get there. there you oh go. yeah. Hi. At that time, like I'm, and I think this is why, and I'm not gonna speak for you. Why I'm in the fitness industry is I'm such a like I want to do something that serves people, mm-hmm. and that's like always what I've thought, and that's the reason also I didn't love PRs. I didn't feel like I was like giving anything of my time for the betterment of others. And so I always told myself my, my line was, and I put this on all my resumes and my like cover letters was like, I want something bigger than my paycheck. Like I want my job to be That's bigger good. than my paycheck. And so I start, went to this company. It was like this nonprofit out of Boulder called second mile water. And it was just a company that was like raising funds to provide clean water to like Uganda and very third world countries. And they were doing it through like, events like the Colorado 54 where they had people sign up to hike every mount every 14er okay. in Colorado at the same time the same day and like raise funds for that and so I was working for them and then but I was living in Denver and commuting to Boulder and I was also dating someone who lived in the Springs and I um, and eventually moved to Boulder with a girlfriend and then the owner was like, hey, do you want to basically run the business? I'm going to go open up this other business. And I was like, yeah, no, I do not want to do that. <laughs> I was a week into this apartment and I just had to cut my lease and tell him, like, I can't do that. No way. And so quit that, moved to the Springs with that boy. Worked and for at those who aren't familiar with Colorado, Colorado geography, yeah. it's Denver is like 30-ish minutes from Boulder. Yeah. And the Springs is like, what, an hour-ish? From Boulder? From, from Denver. From Denver, yeah. Like south. And like an hour and a half probably from Boulder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that's good. Good catch. I um, went down there and started working at the Mercedes-Benz dealership as oh. a like um, admin. Like the person nice. you walks in and you talk to. Uh, did did that... you get a complimentary car? No. I got complimentary like Saturday lunches, but that's it. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> no Benz? No. And literally, Damn. yeah. So... Did that, um, was lost, 
was so lost, was following this guy that I didn't want to end, stay with, but like I didn't know what else to do. I was so, didn't know who I was, How where old I wanted to go. Point? What, 2014? So I was 22, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, just I out of college. I was math on the spot. No, I was trying, like, I was trying I mean, to remember what, what, age you graduate college in yeah i guess like 22 i turned 21 in junior year so yeah 22 um and yeah so i was very very lost and i've been lost i mean we're always i feel like i go in ebbs and flows of being lost and being found and figuring it out and not knowing it but that's just life but i um yeah whenever someone says they got it fully figured out I'm like, no. okay. And, like, sometimes I'll look I back. Because you know how I love to write. Like, sometimes I'll yeah. look back at some captions and, it's like, I'm certain that it's, like, this is what I meant to do. And then, like, two months later I'm posting, I'm broken, <laughs> everything's hurting, I don't know what to I do. Know. Like, you never, like, and it's cool when you do feel like you have it figured out in that yeah. moment. Like, it's a really freeing and refreshing feeling. But, like, but then you something have to comes up honest and with it. yourself like, that it's not going to stay that way. No. It never does. Because you keep growing and you keep changing and, like, you keep figuring out that you like certain things and other things start getting unlocked and like exactly. then it challenges other thoughts. It's, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we can even talk about this at some point. Like I went through, like I fell hard into religion and I was like, I figured it out. This is it. Serving Jesus. And then I'm far from that now. And yeah. like, I was so certain in that and I had figured it out. But as you wrote, like crack open, you crack open your life, you crack yeah. it open, you learn new things, you open yourself up for other options and other thoughts and feelings and emotions and journeys and trajectories. If someone has it all figured out, I don't trust them. I don't either. I don't you like, them. you think you know everything and then you don't and yeah. then you do it again. Yep, exactly. But yeah, so very lost, moved in with him, did Mercedes-Benz, moved back to with Indiana. No Benz, with, so. with no Benz, I just worked for them. Moved back to Indiana where he was from and lived with him for the first time, lived with a boy. I was so nervous. Didn't really work out well, but um, started working for Goodwill's marketing department. Oh. So Goodwill owns um, these schools called the Excel Centers, and therefore adults who want to get their high school diploma not just their GEDs they get like a flushed out like actual high school diploma and then they can get like certifications through that go to college it's like just a supported system to help them get their further their education so I worked on like marketing for them so whether that was like press just social media I did the photography which was not okay you should never let me do the photography (laughs) but I did it it was I did the best I could hey that's what you gotta do. You learn traits, but I look back at it and I'm like, why did you let me do that? Sometimes. So did that for maybe a little under a year and ended things with the with the boy and was ready to leave. I didn't want to stay in Indiana. It just wasn't. It was beautiful for college. I just it wasn't where my heart was like wanted was drawn to for life. Were you all back in Lindsay? No, we were in Indy. Okay. Yeah, so we were in Indianapolis, but he was in he like worked in Columbus for his dad, and there was just a lot of drama of just like. He wanted small town life in Columbus. I did not. I yeah. was just not where I I know myself enough that that wasn't what I wanted. So we ended up breaking up, and I started looking for jobs. And I landed one with Southwest Airlines down in Dallas, and I worked for them. It was in the culture department, so their employee engagement department, which is why I love Adam Grant, because like culture and organizational structures are so impactful of like the the energy and the success of a business. But um, did that for. God, my, I feel like I'm like 50 years old with how much I've done, but I'm only 30. <laughs> Did that for like 
five years total. Did a two-year stint, then moved to Australia with my family. And with your, with your whole family? My whole family. So my sister had just graduated college. Okay. So they were like true empty nesters. No one was coming back for the holidays, kind of empty nesters. And uh, they've always talked about going international, and they were going, and they decided to go. And I, in my mind, I had got this really great job. I had just moved to Dallas. I was, like, two years into, like, my true adult independent life. I was like, Mom and Dad, have so much fun. Like, this is your journey, your adventure. And then, like, six months into them being down there, my sister and brother called me. They're like, hey, we're moving with Mom and Dad. And I say, (laughs) a what? And like, so not without me here, not. I literally, I was like, I'm not gonna sit here and watch you for a lot, frolic across the outback without me. No way. So I quit my job, that and it's amazing. Whole family moved over there. Brother moved like in October of 2017, and my sister and I moved over Thanksgiving, and okay. that's where my fitness journey began because I moved down there, and like a week into it, ran across these people who had like these big orange theory billboards on their back. Because they were about to open one in like just down the road from us, and then they came up to sell us a membership, and I was like, "No, but do you need employees?" I and, have to work for you. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, we have none." Three hours later, we interviewed with like the three owners, and then the next day, I was in like a freaking morph suit, like those orange morph suits, <laughs> stuff trying to like sell. Dancing. Me- yeah, it's like trying to sell memberships on the beach. It was <laughs> the fact that it happened in like twelve hours stint, where we were like interviewing, and the next thing you know, like we're literally in morph suits with tutus on. On the beach, it was welcome to Australia. We yeah. were a weekend. That's um, did your sister or brother do it with you? My sister home? did. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we helped open up this club, and so like that's where it's like I think even the business side of fitness came into my life because like I got to see what it looked like. And mind you, Orange Theory provides them with a lot of substance and structure for opening it, but I got to see them build up the club from ground up, and yeah, it was really cool did that for a whole year worked there and just lived in Australia which I crave to go back every day Ryan I tell Ryan all the time like maybe we just find a way to move to Australia maybe we open a traverse fitness in Australia I'll go (laughs) seriously I literally when I worked at class my last studio I would always be like I think the next stop is Sydney I think it is. I just it feels I just, right. It just feels right. It's very fit out there. People love to be active. Look, I know some people. I know people. Seriously, we could do this. I to go back there. But I came back. Uh, my parents' like journey got cut short, just business and stuff for my dad's job. Came back, got my job back in Southwest. They like gave me my wow. exact job back, which is such a blessing. Worked for them for another like two-ish years. Like in total, it was maybe around five years that I worked for Southwest. All in the culture department, all in employee engagement. Worked in the field to, with like different, like our co- our um, chief pilots, our um, flight attendants, our front, like our gate people, our studio station managers, and all them. So just like, like worked anyone with who field employees, all um, the field employees, and like worked with their leadership teams really closely to like make sure that they were doing the right things to like build trust and engagement with their teams. Which Loved is so it. important. It, it truly like, is what's created my passion for like the internal workings of a business. Like yeah. I think that businesses do not run and do not succeed if the internal customer and the internal workings are not flushed out. They're not neat and they're not people oriented. Yeah. And like your customer from a leadership standpoint, from a company standpoint should always be your employee first because the moment you treat them well and give them the experience that they want out of a job and like, the growth opportunities and the progress, then they will obviously serve the customer, the external customer, so much better. Yeah. So I loved it. It was 
the biggest thing for my career was working for Southwest. And then, then I decided I want to go full-time fitness. And yeah. I weaseled my way into a leadership role with a boutique studio in Dallas that I was like, literally saw a gap, created a, I created a job description and I went to the owner. I said, I can do this for you. And it just so happened that they were like in the expansion mindset. So came on, grew them to studio number two, was in the works for like planning number three, then COVID happened and we all know how that went. And so went digital then got back to trying to build the membership base back up and knew I didn't want to stay in Dallas forever. And I can't see you in Dallas. No. Like, I, I, I know to. you were there, but I just, I can't imagine Maggie not in right. the outdoors. And I loved it. I did. I learned so much. I loved the people. I just, there wasn't enough of, like, what I was passionate to do in that city. Did not want to plant roots. And that was, like, the next step in my mind I wanted to do was, like, figure out, like, I was tired of being, as you just heard, I was 17,000 places in, like, four or five years. And so I was tired of being nomadic. I wanted to okay. find, like that spot so got a job with Davida here in Denver and then um remote work and all of that just wasn't for me and I lasted eight months and was able to weasel my way into Traverse in some capacity and I was Thank like goodness. yeah and I just like risked it I quit my job without Jim ever knowing and I like just was like we're just gonna figure this out part-time as best we can for the time being and didn't tell anyone I quit my other job but just dove head first into remember, Traverse like asking how how is it going? Like how's yeah. work and you're here in the morning like wow and you're like actually I quit last week. It's kinda <laughs> you're like don't it's like really I haven't told anyone and I was like Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go coach like maybe we just circle yeah. back. And then literally I think it was like a month later, Billy Yeah, it's it's I can't believe Maggie's just like she's here and then she's working and, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's yeah it is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I just love that you dove two feet in, like, because like, you were passionate about it and you know it made you happy. Mm -hmm. Even if, like, you don't know what's going to happen next, you knew you made it happen. Mm -hmm. I'm a big scary. believer in that. I, and I not, I know not everyone has resources to be able to just do that. Yeah. And so, like, I am very mindful of, like, everyone's just their backing for something like that is not always feasible. Yeah. And that some people do have to stay in certain roles because money is a thing and money. And like, I am grateful for a partner who is helpful and supportive with me yeah. right now. But I am such a believer that like, if you're being pulled somewhere, like you gotta listen to the tug. You have to, like there is a reason there is a tug. It's whether you listen to Glennon Doyle, read, read her book, like Untamed, like it's the knowing for her, like that's what she calls it or like, for me, it's just like a tug. Like, it's like you feel in your gut you're being pulled some direction. And you may not know what it is, but you know a decision has to be made. Mm -hmm. That, like, it's so important to follow. And so, like, I know how blessed I am to be able to have done it. But I also know how unhappy I would have been had I not done it. Had yeah. I not just, like, dove headfirst into where I was being drawn to. That like, tug is such a good visual, like... yeah. Just what my it. stomach always feels like. I truly feel like it's like gonna rip out if I don't do this. Yeah. But it's that intuition. It's that I what people also call like your third eye or like the knowing or like yeah. whatever it might be. Um, How did you get into writing? Oh my gosh, I love writing. Um, Maggie is a wizard with words. Full transparency, like that's the dream. I love working in Traverse and I love fitness, but like the dream would be to like spend 
five hours, six hours a day just writing and like creating, whether it's a book or just like excerpts and like publications or whatnot. Um, that's like my big, 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 big girl dream. Yeah. Like, sometime in my life it will happen. I don't know exactly how it started. I Was that something you did during soccer? A little bit, but not a ton. I mean, I was in P. Like I always loved my his my Alec language arts classes. I yeah, think is what yeah, they yeah. were called English classes, whatever they were in like high school and all of that. And like PR, you got to write a lot, but it was like different sort of writing. I just like really enjoyed those. I wasn't always good at it because like I feel like writers who are good aren't always like stri- like structurally good. Like mm-hmm. what is like the like the where you do like. like then like you would go through sentences and be like noun, gent, yes, yeah, whatever, all of that. They're not always that good, but yeah. like there's like just because there's so much emotion in it, I think that's why they're good. Amazing, we're still recording. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> um, that's always the worst if it were to. You I know done I that to you before. No, but like I just you. saw the screen was locked. And I was like, <laughs> you know, what? we're just gonna check. We're gonna check. I again, it was a tug. It was a tug. I was in Dallas. I just, like, was reading a ton of people's writing. Like, Jedediah Jenkins is, like, my favorite absolute writer that I follow. And I would just always read his. And I just was, like... What does he write? He just writes, like, personal essays. But, like, he writes memoirs in book form. But, like, his Instagram is where I, like, was drawn to it. And it's just, like, excerpts of what would you think would expand into a personal essay. I just always felt so connected to his writing. And I went to a workshop called the Yellow Conference in L.A., where he was speaking and it was just, he was talking about like few, like just being able to articulate someone else's emotions through writing and like being able to connect with someone with like the, that feeling of same here. Like you put words yeah. to my emotions that I never could. And it just like sparked this like want to try, to try and do that. And so I kept telling my friends, like I wanted to do it. I wanted to write, I wanted to share it. And so I just started sharing it on Instagram and like that was my platform and to like just, hold myself accountable that I would do once a week or so I just started writing and then I read the book the artist the artist way and it's all about journaling three pages a day no matter what and so I started doing that Matt we open together and we get there Maggie always gets there before me but (laughs) because I have a freaking OCD (laughs) I get there like you sometimes like 10 minutes it's different but Maggie always she said she wakes up before she opens in journals. At three pages every day. So it's called The Artist's Way is where I learned it. And what time do you wake up for that? 3.07. 3.07. 3 I'm a three 3.40 girl, so. Yeah. yeah. That's still midnight for people. That's the middle yeah. of the day. You make, you make some time. and But yeah. yeah. Okay. And so that started happening, and I just, like, little things would spark up. Because, like, that journaling is all about... If you, all you're thinking about it in the mo- that moment that the sky is blue, then write that for five hundred sentences. Yeah. But if you, uh, whatever you're thinking, just let it out. It's all about creating more real estate in your brain for that creative outlet. Okay. But what I was finding in that is that like I was always getting little like tidbits of things I wanted to expand on, and oh. so I would just like I literally just have a note in my phone that was just to expand on these topics. And then I started a blog when I was out in Australia, and it was called Her Heart on Her Sleeves. Okay. And it was just about how I felt, and just, like, I just wrote about my experiences and what I believed, and people were being drawn to it, and it just made me realize, like, people love to hear, see, and read things, like Jedediah said, that make them feel seen. And so, 
again, I think it ties into full circle of like something that I can give back to people. And I know what writing does for me. And I'm just really grateful that I have the talent and that now yeah. I, that I'm honing in on it now, but like I had enough talent to like feel like it was something I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it's a recent thing within probably the last four or five years that's really become more. And it's something again, that tug that I feel like it's going to be a big part of my life in the future. Like I yeah. do solemnly swear, like I am meant to write something. And even yeah. if it's something that 500 people read and that's it, or 50 people read, like yeah. I just know that that's somewhere in my journey. I believe it. It's really cool. To feel Every that. time you post something, I'm like, holy shit. You did an incredible job with your last one. Oh, it made thanks. me feel all the feels. Thank you. I like Truly. channeled my Maggie. It was so good. Maggie. It just, it's awesome to see that's something I really admire and respect is you just go, like, you just do it. Yeah. Like, you just do it, and it, you can tell it just comes from your heart and it's a genuine place, and you're doing it because you enjoy it. Yeah. It gives permission to other people to do it, yeah. too, which is, I think, sometimes just what people need. Yeah. And, um, I, and that's beautiful because, like, I think that's what, like, Jedediah did for me. I was like, oh, you can say things like that, yeah. like, what you feel and write them for people to read and not feel like ashamed about it. Yeah. And just do it. I'm so insecure about my writing most of the time too. Really? Like I feel like an imposter. It's like feeling like a fraud coming into this because yeah. I battle a lot of comparison issues when it, especially coming from and if no one knows like Enneagram, but like Enneagram threes, like they want to achieve, they want to be the best of best, they want yeah. to, and so the comparison is like such a negative trait of theirs. There's a lot I feel like I don't share. Yeah. because I'm so fearful of looking like an imposter and like not getting people like people to comment on it or if I'm not getting mm-hmm. like I'm not always doing it for a creative outlet and because it's something I'm drawn to I do it for like the accolades and so yeah. it's like I'm working actually right now on training myself to just do it yeah just just freaking do it because yeah. it's what you love to do and it's about what you love and what brings me energy that can supply that for others. Yeah. Yeah, I battle so much it's around so, like that imposter syndrome. Like hearing that, it feels whenever I'm around you, like you're you're just there, like you go for things and you're confident and like you speak from this place. Yeah. Bless you, Kevin. <laughs> you don't have it figured out, but you're like, I'm like, you're just confident. And yeah. so hearing that is, is like, okay, that happens to everyone. Yeah. I've been trying to reframe in my head. I'm like, when I feel this, I'm like, okay, that means I really care about it if I'm, yep. like, going to keep doing it. Yeah. And it's still tough. I love that. But, wow. It means a lot. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're an incredible writer. I appreciate it. I send it to, like, my friends. My, like, I, yeah. I appreciate it. I go back and time. read stuff, so yeah. I think you have definitely got a gift. I think it's a reminder, like, what I always have to remind myself, and this has nothing to do with writing, but, like, as you were saying, like, how I come off is everyone probably feels a little bit of nerves and insecurities for even the people I think are the most confident. And like, I don't know how I'm being projected to the world. And so like, they don't know how they're being projected. So if I can just continue to pour into people and like, let them know how confident they feel or like that their energy is great. Because I think most people battle that inner dialogue more often than not, but aren't, it doesn't come off that way to other people. Yeah. So it's just like having that, that honest conversation to remind people like, how wonderful they are in your perspective. Yeah. Because I think that sometimes, and so like I appreciate you saying that stuff because that's like what I would want to exude onto someone else. It's yeah. like, if I know, and even if I don't know like their insecurities internally and like what's going on internally in their battle in their mind, 
being able to just like see the good and speak the good to them of yeah. what they I perceive them as I love that is really important because everyone I think everyone feels it in some capacity yeah everyone wants to like feel seen feel heard mm-hmm. and yeah you really never know that's what I've realized about talking to people about stuff like this you think you know someone so so well mm-hmm. but like you've never seen inside their brain you'll know and so yeah. then they start sharing and you're like I I yeah. have no idea. It's fun to humanize a little bit. Yeah. It really is. And that's really cool. Like, and it's cool. It's a testament to you too, is like providing a safe space and like a comfortable space for someone to just like word vomit and open yeah. that up. Like that's just a testament too to like the type of conversation you're having and the, the space you're holding for them and being able to speak truth into them and them feeling comfortable enough to share their truth. Like that's huge. Yeah. I know that was my, my like one goal was whether it's one person and it just helps them like rippling that or if it's a hundred people and it helps them like it's like you're saying the ripple effect like you impact one person they impact the next like you don't see what your impact has but if you can just focus on like an individual or two like that's gonna yeah and I think if you're consistent it grows but like yeah it's such a ripple effect goodness and kindness and softness and empathy and all the like those energies are such good ripples if the ripple is a small ripple then it's it's still a ripple it's still a ripple yeah Yeah. still something that someone needed if you had to tell yourself maggie now had to tell maggie at sophomore year fall break getting her hair done what would you say i have so many things i know um sam off you want the obvious one is like it's going to be okay mm-hmm. i think that that kind of going back to athlete athletics and sports and especially for me soccer can be such an identity sucker and like it's what i identified myself in my success who i was as a human and so i just think knowing that it's like letting go of an identity is so hard and whether that's the identity of being a soccer player identity of a college student or identity of being a daughter or the identity of being a mom or a leader, like we attach so much of who we are to those labels. I guess maybe that's it is like reminding myself, like letting her know like that's just a label. Like there's still so much to see and you are more than just a soccer player. Like you are Maggie Hamilton. You were Maggie mm-hmm. Hamilton from the yeah. beginning and you played soccer. And you'll continue to be Maggie. And you will, be, can, you will not lose Maggie. You might not play soccer anymore, but you do not lose you and all the lessons you learn from that. Like yeah. maybe that that would be the biggest thing is like evolving that to like not only will be okay, but like you're not losing you. You're yeah. just losing an activity and not letting that identify you. And I think I'd have to say that maybe a couple more times throughout yeah. my life because like we always like pull our identity into what we're doing. And so I think I'd say it in two years after that at like Southwest, like or like dating someone like yeah. you don't you're not losing you by losing this individual you're just no longer dating that individual you are still Maggie yeah so yeah I think maybe that's the biggest thing is like you're not losing you you are losing an activity you do not identify that. as a soccer player you identify as Maggie and those are just things you do yeah was there anything new that you picked up as soon as you were done but I mean I, we talked about like you kind of started joining like different exec teams and but were there any hobbies or things that you still do now that you started maybe not hobbies are not like a huge thing of mine besides writing obviously but like 
I really leaned into community after yeah. that, and I think that was huge for me. Created space for like friendships finally, aside from picking up those different organizations and continuing to do things that I felt were impactful. And maybe that's what I picked up is like that realization that I wanted to do something that was service of others. And I don't know if it's soccer is service of myself, but it was what I loved and enjoyed, and I still want to do that. Yeah. Something I love and enjoy, but I realize I want to do it in service of other people, whether that's through writing, whether that's through truly raising money for them, whether that's nonprofits. Yeah, it's funny, like I just don't know if I have hobbies. I know I always think I'm about like trying that. to think like right now, besides writing, but I think yeah. writing's so much more than a hobby for me. And I think hobbies too, like I do hobbies but they become so they're like so much more to hobby so much more than hobbies to me now like it feels like it's a piece of me like yeah. it's not my identity but it is I living out like I want to be outside yeah all the time yes. I want to I mean not all the time sometimes it's nice to be horizontal on the couch but I want to be like I love hiking yeah I love trail running I love biking and it's to me it's more than just a hobby it's like part of you yeah, it's like what you passion kind I yeah. guess it's what, and um, like a big word I use like energizes you like it yeah. energizes you it's like when Jen is feeling her most optimal is when she's doing these things that give back to her energy and yeah. like that's what that does for you yeah and like that's I think what hobby should be if you're spending time on it like it should always be something that you're you know it's like feeding it. back into you yeah, like reading is a big hobby for me, I'd say. It's like I've started getting really into reading and book clubs and that sort of stuff. Being outside is too, and so... Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if I learned those in college, but I've definitely learned those as I've explored who I am as a human being without the constraints of, like, home and school. I think the fact that you figured out so young, okay, I want to serve people, mm-hmm. and you're able to say that and then find, whether it's jobs or communities time that you're spending is going into that yeah so it's it kind of you might not know and might not have everything figured out but you have like the base of the cake the foundation whatever yeah. it might be and everything else just follows yeah. behind because direction. you just have the value behind it mm-hmm. for the longest time I always thought service of others had to be like a nonprofit mm-hmm. or like I'm going on to a third world country and I'm literally serving this person or like washing their feet or doing something of that sort and then when I got into fitness I realized how impactful fitness is in people's lives and how much not only like mentally and emotionally how it can change health and just like their trajectory of their health and diseases and all that research behind just even adding brain neurons to uh, individuals by getting them to run a little bit like it's just wild what fitness and exercise and like just movement can do and I think that was like a huge eye-opener that it it doesn't have to look what people think service looks like yeah but it's still it's the intent behind it like I'm in that space because I want to make people feel seen and feel better and like to get healthier and live longer and have longevity in their lives and it doesn't look it looks a lot more egotistical than what people think service looks like and so I think that was a really big eye-opener like five years ago. Taking care of people, but I'm not I don't, having to like be paid what a nonprofit gets paid. Yeah. And like I'm not, not that that's bad. Like I did yeah. nonprofit, but it doesn't have to be just one path. It can yeah. be multiple different paths as long as the intent's there. Yeah. It's all about the intent. Leadership in a corporate company can be a service because yeah. a leader is a people manager. 
And so it's about people. And so Whether it's about you're serving them. changing lives internally within a huge yeah. corporate company or changing lives externally. I mean, whatever it might yeah. be, you're just, still yeah. wanting to help and make a difference in other yeah. people's lives. And that was just like a big, big eye-opener for me. That's awesome. Yeah. What would your walkout song be? Oh, boy. Um, I feel like it changes in life, but right now it would be, and it has been for like probably three years now, um, Loyal by Odessa. Oh. And I have this like sick remix that I love even more that it would be probably, it's the SoundCloud remix. But I would like, love it if you send it to me. Yeah, I will. I will send it to you right now. But like <laughs> Loyal has been just like, yeah, I just think. It just has, I don't know, it's like, I love instruments, and okay. it's just like, you can hear the drum line in it, and I just love Odessa, and I mean, in high school, it was probably something massively different, like, probably an Usher song of some sort or something, <laughs> like, he was my guy until he was no longer my guy, um, but yeah, I I had the weirdest crushes in high school, I was a, on my poster, is above my bed, was Usher, Legolas, from uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay. And then another Lord of the Rings character. But I was okay. like, those are two very different types. <laughs> very different types, Maggie. Hey, you got but, you got your reasons. But yeah, I would say loyal. Loyal. I'll find this. Okay, I'm excited to listen I'll to it. I'll find it for you and send it to you. But yeah, loyal is, it's just a good, it, it's a good one. I giggle at walkout songs because I've gone to a couple baseball games and it's just funny some of the walkout songs that are like really twangy and I'm yeah. like, hey, if it hypes you up, like, I'm it's sure people going. I would listen to camp getting hyped up to go somewhere. That's like, true. I would be like yipping everywhere and banjoing <laughs> everywhere and I would be great with it. Like, Kevin is just <laughs> fully. Look at him. He's so cute. He's just, Kevin's just laying down. Is Kevin part of all the podcasts? Kevin, this is his first podcast. <gasps> Do you have anything to say for yourself? Oh, you, you sneezed a lot. You did sneeze. Oh, I would love that. Because you know how, like, podcasts, there's always, like, a name that's said often. I feel like yeah. people have dogs. It's like sometimes you hear them talking to their dog, whether it's a blooper or in it. Yeah, Kev, what you thinking about? Well, thank you so much. I know you said at the beginning you, like, don't talk about this much, so... I yeah. appreciate you sharing, and I know it's hard to go sometimes back into that space, yeah. but... No, this is really good, and it's also just good... To do things when I feel like I'm scared of, I was nervous. I felt like a fraud, and yeah. I was like, "But this is me. Yeah, like this is my life. This is like fun to talk about and to like process." So, and it's like, and you're absolutely not a fraud. You did play soccer, like you did go through all these things, and they were very significant. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Maggie. Yeah. Maggie, you're so sweet. Yay! This is so fun. I'm proud of you for doing this. Thanks. And like making it something that's really like a priority in your yeah. time i've been trying to i you took a little break from, for yeah a little, took a little break but i know i i feel like i saw like i saw you writing and like doing classes my friend sarah is like i'm fucking doing this like adam even um vicar always i was talking to him about just creativity and things like that and he was like sometimes you just have to do it just do it and it's scary and you just have to like yeah doesn't have to be perfect. You just need to get the message out. Yeah. And if you think about it all the time, then like you should just do it. If you think about it all the time. Oh, so that's good. It was like every day I woke up. I, it was like a tug. Like yeah. I wake up and I'm like, ah. Yeah. And it has to be like a good tug. You don't want to yeah. be like this like 
anxiety inducing time yeah. but like if you feel like it's something you want to be doing yeah it's like or nervous why aren't you to? doing it like let's go come on yeah because i get so excited about it but yeah it's belief in yourself too even when you don't believe you have to believe yeah and like that's the secret sauce to any success or just happiness of and like your like success is so different in everyone's eyes but like just success of doing it and like yeah. feeling like you accomplished something that like you were drawn to do i always struggle with I don't know why. People from high school saying like, oh, this fucking girl is just like, you know, just another girl making a podcast, which I'm, I don't really talk to much, many people from my yeah. school. That quote of like the man in the arena. Have you heard that? Uh, maybe. It's about, um, I'll send it to you, but it's about not taking criticism from people who aren't in the arena, yeah. arena actually doing it. Yeah. And Brene Brown said it. That's probably where I've heard it. Yeah. I know I've heard from I don't her think she it, said it. But, but she, yeah, and paraphrased like, it a bit. It definitely just reshapes. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm disappointing myself by not mm-hmm. doing it. And I try to remind myself, and I wrote about this on my blog like years ago. People don't think about you as much as you think they do. Like, yes. End of story. Like, as like, could think about yourself. And when someone does something... And maybe the two seconds you think about what they're doing and then you're back to thinking about your own stuff. Like, yeah. that's also how people respond to you. Yeah. Like, you are, like, they, you do something, they have one initial thought and then they never think about it again. Yeah. Why not do or do something for two seconds of someone's time? They're taking up more headspace in my yeah. head about what they're thinking about me than I'm thinking, that I'm taking up about what I think about myself. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so it's, like, just a constant reminder. Of, no one cares. No. In the end, no one cares about you. And, like, in a the, good way. Yeah, no, you said people are significant. I want to be significant, insignificant, insignificant at the same yeah. time. Whatever it is. Like, yeah. they are willing because no one cares. No one cares. No one cares. No one is looking at you. Like, your all. people care. Yeah. But uh, apart from, like... And they care, care people, but they're but also they... not gonna like they're not judging you because you're doing yeah. a podcast or because you didn't do or because yeah. it was good or wasn't good or like whatever it is like they're not like and that's what's something I have to remind myself all the time yeah just do it because you like to do it yeah and the rest will follow yeah and it'll just be happier even if it's not like a career move you'll be happier you did something that you were drawn to and that it was like you were created for in that moment like that yeah. you were there's a reason Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. That was amazing. This was fun. Maybe I'll get a tattoo that says no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> I feel like some people could take that wrong, but no one cares. No one right? cares. <laughs> Who cares? We'll leave it at that. <laughs>